Alrighty then. Happy 2020, everyone. <laughs> uh, wow, there's a lot to get to. So this is my first uh, po- first uh, podcast back of the new year. I'm absolutely continuing to do this, although we're switching over a few things. The podcast has now been switched over in terms of platforms. I'm uh, not going to be uploading on SoundCloud anymore. Uh, everything's going to be going through the new link, and I'm using... Um, I'm using... What am I using? That's a real question. Can't you remember the name of the site now? Anchor. There we go. I am using anchor.fm. And uh, there's going to be a link on my Twitter and on my Facebook and so on. And um, we're making a few changes. But, um, yeah, the theme of the podcast is going to stay the same. We are going to be talking about all kinds of issues that come up. I'm going to get, I've got some interviews scheduled for future episodes. And um, thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. So this has been fantastic. Um, in case you haven't noticed, i got to start off with some, uh, some events that have been happening in the last week. 2020, I had no illusions that it was going to be a smooth start to the year because I can feel that expectations and tensions are high. People are really trying to reinvent themselves. Uh, the world is trying to find its footing, essentially. The media is uh, losing credibility day by day. And it's all... I feel like it, it's potentially coming to a head. And one of these giant global events will sort of be the match that sparks everything off. But to say I'm su- not surprised is an understatement. <laughs> um it was about time for one of these uh, events to come around. So we've had, in the last week, the possibility of a war with Iran, because Mr. Orange Face-in-Chief, Mr. Buffoonish game show host-in-Chief, decided to uh, kill a military general. And uh, not only that, he was one of the most important figures in the Middle East, in Iran. And, and uh, here's a little lovely little fact that no one really wanted to include in the coverage, when he was killed, he was killed in Baghdad. The dude was handing off Soleimani. He was handing off a letter um, to the Iraqis. Sorry, not to the Iraqis. Uh, to the uh, Saudis. Excuse me. There. Um, he was handing off a letter to the Saudis to, on a peace mi- uh, peace finding mission. So he was on a mission to try and ease tensions between the Shia and the Saudis. And um, yeah. Donald Trump decides, I, I'm going to guess there's something to do with Twitter, because I, I know they were going back and forth, uh, basically in a meme war, which is uh, kind of crazy to think about, that that's what the world has come to, world leaders with nukes, <laughs> arguing with each other about who's better over Twitter, oh my word, um, yeah, so he's been taken out, and oh my lordy lord, have you seen the photos? Have you seen the photos from Iran? His funeral was, I don't think I've ever seen, I've seen, I've seen protests that were less energetic. You know, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a crowd of people that big unified since, maybe since, maybe since Libya. I remember when the Re- Libyan revolution came around. But, um, 
Yeah, he's managed to unify a country that was completely splintered. So, I guess well done. <laughs> oh, I just hope we don't go to World War Three. Please, no World War Three. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. And I hope Boris doesn't go down the path of you know, going down the crazy path with Donald Trump. Although, I fear Boris is in a bit of a tricky situation where he's sort of trying to maintain a good relationship with with um, Trump. And traditionally, if you think back to, you know, think back over the US-UK military alliances, we've always sort of had each other's backs. And especially during the Iraq war, it was Tony Blair that gave George Bush the uh, ammunition to go and start uh, this whole conflict in the first place. So, yeah, not a great start. And then on top of that, um, half of Australia is on fire. <laughs> Um, now I've actually seen some interesting stuff, um, in regards to some interesting coverage, I should say, in regards to the Australian wildfires, um, in that actually some of them might not be wildfires. I'm sure desertification and climate change has been playing a role in the spreading of these wildfires all throughout, throughout, um, Australia. But there have also been reports that people have been starting these fires on purpose, purposely burning down areas of forest, and these have just and these uh, man-made fires have essentially just gotten out of control. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a giant conspiracy, although I wouldn't be surprised, um, given that most, if you think back to most of the uh, the destruction of the rainforest that has happened uh, throughout history it's always been man-made burning and very little of it's been been wildfires um so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out it's been terrifying to see the images of australia just completely red and the sky completely filled with um with dust and with pollutants and people huddling on the beaches and reports of you know millions hundreds of millions of animals dead it's uh that's where my prayers are going right now, to be honest. I feel very badly for the people of Australia. And, uh... Whew, what a bloody way to start a new decade. <laughs> um, the silver lining, I guess... And I won't talk about this for very long, but I saw Ricky Gervais's um, Golden Globes uh, introduction, and that was beautiful. It was glorious. My hat's off. My hat's off to you, dude. Bloody glorious. Ricky Gervais, one of the greatest comics ever. And he absolutely roasted those assholes. Because <laughs> they deserved it. Um, right, so now that that nastiness is out of the way. <laughs> so it's a new year. What are we going to do with this shit show that we've been given? What are we going to do with... Uh, with uh, a load of loose ends that need to be tied up in our personal lives and our political lives uh it needs to start with uh recognizing ourselves and our own bad addictions particularly social media and um things we maybe want to give up that are hindering us right now maybe you're struggling with cigarettes maybe you're struggling with twitter maybe you're struggling with eating too much maybe you're addicted to caffeine <laughs> maybe you're addicted to sugar whatever that thing might be it's um Giving up an addiction is as much a mental clearing as is a physical or sort of, you know, uh, a bodily clearing, essentially. 
um, a bodily cleansing, it allows your mental state to reset. If you can get away from these addictions or replace these addictions with something better, because that's usually the best way to go about beating something is to find something you're equally passionate about, uh, whether that be exercise, whether that be blogging, whether that be making music. Get addicted to that. Get interested in that. And that will help you transition. It will build you a bridge between uh, where you are now and where you need to be. Because I feel like we're all in this mode of change. There's rapid change happening all around us. And I can feel it uh, within my own friends and family that now's the time, bitches. Now's the time. (laughs) This this episode is going to definitely be explicit. But anyway, who cares? Um, Lastly, I've only got about 10 minutes, so I want to finish by talking about something. I'm going to get into a podcast episode that's going to be solely dedicated to this. Um, The transition project I've been working on. So for those who don't know, there's this project. This is an organization called Transition Network. It was started about 10 years ago, maybe 13 years ago now, by um, Rob Hopkins and a few others. And the idea of it is essentially a support network for transition initiatives which set up things like uh, community-owned gardens and community-owned groceries and community-owned enterprises. And the whole point of it is to promote environmentalism, sustainability, um, worker-owned enterprises, things that are trying to localise as much production as possible, and also to bring back a sense of ownership over your community um i fear as we're handing over more and more of our lives and our our sort of day-to-day interactions to bigger and bigger fish bigger and bigger corporations that are further and further away from anything that has to do with with uh our values or our lives um we need to start thinking locally again we need to start thinking about where we're getting our food. We need to start thinking about where we're buying our um, our goods and our services. We need to think about where the money we're spending is going. Because I, I really don't give this much thought, or hadn't given this much thought, until I started looking into the transition project. And when you have explained to you, like, oh, if you go to a supermarket and you spend... Um, 50 pounds in a supermarket, most of that money is not going to stay in your local community. It's not really going to affect anybody except the dude who's working at the cashier or the one, you know, stacking the shelves. Or lady stacking the shelves, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, this is something I'm going to be uh, going into detail about. But the transition network is brilliant in that it's structurally uh, very easy to set up and very informative in its. Uh, in its methodology, so I'm going to be really looking forward to getting that website up and running. Um, my my mission right now is to gather as much information as possible, and I'm going tomorrow to have a meeting with somebody about potentially setting up one of these uh, transition in- initiatives. Initiatives, having a bit of struggle uh, talking today, but I think to close to close on this uh, to close on this thought. I'm hoping with this transition project, it's not just about promoting sustainability and environmentalism and blah, 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 blah. It's about how do we bring a sense of meaning and purpose back into our lives? 
How do we have a sense of ownership over our communities and over our lives and over our businesses? And how do we uh, stitch back the pieces of a broken society back into something that resembles function, <laughs> resembles um, uh, sustainability and uh, the p- potential for growth? And I think the Isle of Wight is ripe for uh, an awakening, spiritual awakening of some kind. And what we can do practically in a non-political way is far more powerful than bickering with each other about, well, when big change comes, which it probably never will. It's going to be down to us at the end of the day. It's going to be up to us to see through that uh, change isn't just something we moan about. We actually get that out there and do it. And uh, a small group of people with big ideas can do an awful lot if given a bit of passion, a bit of resources. So that's my mission. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to be focused on now. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. God bless. Happy New Year. I'll speak to you again soon.